What's going on, y'all? Your boy's back. I had, you know, a couple of technical difficulties going on with podcasting. But let me tell the real truth because I could have had that done a long time ago. I've been crazy, crazy business, a lot of stuff. But right now, where can I go? What am I going to do with this podcast? I'm actually here asking, what am I going to do with this podcast, man? Am I going to just talk sports? Am I going to talk March Madness? Okay, listen. On the top of this morning, we're going to get the filler talk. And then later on tonight, we have a podcast talking about this March Madness craziness. It's going to be going on. It's going to be crazy. You know, Villanova playing St. Mary's. You know, speaking of filler talk, it's talking Nova. All right. You know, that, that's one big thing. Nova is back. And if Villanova can do what they can do. If Villanova can cash in on what Jermaine Samuels and Sadiq Bay bring to the table. They got to come. I mean, it's some pressure right now. You think Zion Williamson, R.J. Barrett. Now, these guys are five stars. They're supposed to come in and make it pop off, make it happen. But there's a couple things that can happen in this tournament that I expect to make a little little, little run for it with Nova. If Javon Quinley come back, create an impact. Cole Swatter. He can make an impact. Sadiq Bay. Yeah, I'm putting all these names in here because these are guys that are talented in, you know, in, in other colleges or any other Villanova team. These would be guys sitting back learning. No, they're going to learn even quicker now because even next year, the pressure's on for Cole Swatter to be that star. I mean, Cole Swatter can ball. So now my thing is, is just this. I mean, Dada, Colin Gillespie. Jermaine Samuels, Sadiq Bay. That's, that's a really important forefront in Villanova to me. It really is. It's a really important forefront. Villanova has a squad that can play, but everybody in the consistent because they're so young. Jay Wright tells the truth. I don't think no coach tells the truth more than Jay Wright. He just tells the truth. He was on, he was like, listen, these guys don't know how to play at this point yet. Even Phil Booth was like, look, teaching the guys how to play. Everybody knows what they have to deal with. And I think this was slow boofing them down. There's a couple of games where they struggled boofing Pascal to score. You're still trying to teach and play. When before Booth was just, man, he can have a good time. Jalen Brunson, RTD Yakano, uh, um, guys like that could play. Dante DiVincenzo, then you forget about Booth, and Booth come in and lights you up. Now Booth has to be that guy averaging 18 a game with something I knew he could do. It's something that I counted on Booth doing. I think this tournament, he turned to something deadly, something different. And Pascal knows it. These is when these guys turn up. Now, now I'm not worried about Boo Pascal in tournament. I think they're going to have a great tournament. Last year, but Pascal had one. 2016, Booth had one. Now, it's just time for people like Dada to be more physical, to, to make sure your shots count. You got to bang people in there. You got to bully them in there. Dada has that. He needs to do it now. Now. They're not giving them those mid-range jumpers out. You need to go ahead and play your post. Make people know you're a bully. It's time for Dada to come out. The lion has to come out of Dada. It's the reason why Jay Wright got him. This guy can play the post like defense on both sides of the floor. When he plays, he plays. Y'all forgot he had an MVP this year in one of the tournaments they Villanova won. Now you got Sadiq Bay and, and Jermaine Samuels have been trading back and forth trying to figure out Who's ready? Who's not? They became the all-freshman guy. Samuels is here because if Samuels was a freshman, guess what? He would be all-freshman too. He had a good season this season, whether nobody wants to believe it or not. When he steps up and plays big, 
Villanova wins. I was talking with Eric Watkins, my boy, VU Sports, and we was talking. I love trading jazz with a smart guy like him. It's my guy. And we was just like, listen, when Jermaine Samuels plays, he probably had one game where he did not, they did not win. He had like 10 points. Other than that, they win. When Jermaine Samuels, they win. <laughs> when Jermaine Samuels pours it on, they win. Like we're not when Bay, oh, he can have a good game and they lose. But when Samuels impacts the game, they can't beat him. Because you know why? He isn't only the score. It's not that. It's, he does both sides of the floor. He's already a factor on one side of the floor. And he's affecting it every game. He's gotten better and better. His length, his quickness, his power. He's gotten better. Now, shh, when he gets to hitting them trade balls, oh, cancel Christmas. When he's driving on you, cancel Christmas. So, I want to come more of a conclusion as we talking about the Jermaine Samuels show that needs to happen in the tournament. The, the, the Sadiq Bay show. Colin Gillespie is not your guard to take a game. That's why he's not going to start at your point guard next year. He's either going to be on the bench and get starter minutes or he'll be starting at shooting guard. A lot of people like Colin. But Colin is not your point guard. He's not your point guard. Colin is a basketball player. He's a two. He's a combo guard. He just like Phil is. He's a combo guard. Said so Phil could play point better than him, but it's an advantage because Phil had out five years. You Quinnelly can play point guard in his sleep. Point guard's not just scoring though. Y'all have to get out of that. He can dribble. He he makes the defense work hard. To stay in front of him. And it frees up other people. When Quinnelly plays, Villanova is exciting. They run around. They, they jump up. They catch alley-oops. Things are happening when Quinnelly's the point guard. So if Jay Wright is looking at this, he has to know Quinnelly. Gillespie could come off the bench. To me, it should be Quinnelly and, and Antoine. That is it. There's no more people like more, you know. More is going to be good. But he's not better than Antoine. He's not going to even dominate a game like Antoine. And then one thing about Gillespie is that, <laughs> I'm just going to tell you, not too many people can listen. You're not going to have a guy off the bench that can be as good as Gillespie in college basketball. It's not that easy to find bench help like it is in the NBA in college basketball. Gillespie's a three, really should have been a four-star. This guy was PA's toughest player. He can go against anybody and, and, and get at you. My, my thing is just this. You know, Gillespie's and the college basketball is a different game. You got a lot of guys. You got a thousand Gillespie's now. So he has to learn how to get past people and dominate games. Period. When they need him, when Booth needs him a lot. Booth always needs that other guard. You put Quinley in there to do the same thing. You look at what uh, Gillespie's averaging. I don't... <laughs> How Quinley couldn't average the same thing if you would have gave him the same minutes and gave him the ball? Let him handle the ball. I guarantee you Quinley would score the same thing. Quinley would have scored 13, 14 points a game this year. And he would have been gone. Scouts was already looking at him. All they wanted to see if he could play. They wanted to be like, yo, can Quinley play? Can he, can he play? Same thing with Spellman. Same thing with Brunson. These guys were five stars coming in, and they was like, well, okay. They was like, well, Brunson might leave after his first year. People were saying that. Well, you see what Jay Wright did with him, right? 
Make sure he ain't get the ball, get that pressure. And because, you know, we know Brunson can score, but we want to keep a guy around and not put no pressure on your freshman. You don't want to put no pressure on your freshman. You want to keep him around, too. You don't want to rush him out there, have the NBA scouts get him, and he leave after one year. He wasn't fully developed. Jay Wright does not like to do that. He likes to keep players that he recruits. <laughs> Can I keep him with me for a minute? He did not expect Spellman to go. That's one thing they call everybody by blind side. I mean, when people started looking at, we knew DiVincenzo. I mean, scouts were talking crazy about it. Then all of a sudden, Spellman. Looking at how this guy could shoot the rock. His high percentage of shooting. I mean, they, they, they went for him. After they won the championship, their whole Villanova team was so popular. Popular around basketball, period. Nevertheless, nevertheless, this is talk about this team. This team here can win a championship. Yes, Villanova, they can win a championship. They can win one. They can win a championship. Yes, sir, that's the good news. But they have to get through Tennessee. Tennessee is in their way. In my bracket, Tennessee is the one that clips off Villanova. Tennessee is so... Built for success. They're like ready for it. They're like they're ready for whatever is to come. They are ready for it. And so, um, but they got to play. It's two different teams. One thing me and Eric Watkins was talking about is two different teams, man. You know, you got the Villanova team that can beat anybody after one they can't beat nobody. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, but this is the difference. The Villanova team that can beat everybody, can, they're shooting threes. They're shooting it. That's one of their big things. But they're passing the ball and they're playing defense. When Villanova's defense is clamping people and shutting them down, then it makes their def- their offense even more better. It gives them more opportunities, you know. Um, but when they're like, they don't know where they are in the court. And I mean, not, not only are they missing shots, forget them missing three point shots. Cause you can miss three point shots and they've won, but when they don't know where each other's at in the court and they play bad perimeter defense, that that's the one thing that kills them. But team can shoot from the outside. Then they really clamps Villanova. If they don't give them perimeter defense, it really puts Villanova in the spot. Villanova has to play good defense and hit there. And that's the thing. Play good defense. I think we could talk about a lot. Hitting three point shots. I think they have enough players to get them. Once they play good defense, it opens them up. Play good defense and passing. Defense and passing. Let's add that. We want to talk about scoring, but when they know where each other's at on the court and they pass the great motion at like the San Antonio Spurs dynasty, they know how to pass and then their defense is good. So defense and passing. Just, just check out the game what I'm talking about. Defense and when they know each other as on the court, you know, they can find a three point line, wherever they, however they score. If it's the inside, drive to the hole, a three pointer. When they're passing and they're playing defense, this team is elite as anybody in the nation. They can shut you down. They can shoot that three. Phil Booth is going to fire it up. But the guys that got to show it, I know I, I mentioned a lot of names, but Jermaine Simmons and Sadiq Bay come in the game and in, in this series and turn into the super freshman, super freshman, super sophomore. Then it'll exile Gillespie if he doesn't step up. It'll exile Dada if he doesn't step up. All right? It'll exile them not having bench play. Those four can really make a run at this. At this and then you're looking at, particularly looking at, Who's going to come off the bench? And I think this is when Swider and Quinley should be set loose. 
Cremo is not doing what he's supposed to do. He's playing like a deer in the headlights. He doesn't know anything about, but it was totally, totally a bad transfer for Villanova. Totally to me. I'm sorry. He is not being the Cremo at all. To revive himself, these playoffs, these are three guys. Swider, Quinley, and Cremo have gotten the most time off that bench out of this Villanova squad. They have to, two out of those three have to contribute to even make them even more dominant. I mean, you might have those four guys do good. They might be decent off the bench. You know, they'll get two, four, and five points. You know, little add-on. You know what I mean? Not much. But if if you get Swider and Quinterly or Cremo and Quinterly or Cremo and, and, and Swider, two of them three guys to contribute, then Villanova's looking something. That's six guys where it'll be it'll initially, it'll initially, be five to be seven guys that will be five to seven guys that have to impact this 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 whole squad for them to be good. Now, Philadelphia, what? What? You crazy? Yo, you are you crazy right now? Philadelphia's looking good, man. Philly's looking good. Say what you want. Philly looking good. Listen. Philly's looking good, man. And when we come back, I'll tell you more about this great Philly, 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 Boston win right here, man. When we get back into things, you're going to know more about why Philly could win a championship. Well, yeah, I'm talking that when we get back. This is not a test, it's difficult to keep. So closely, thinking that it mostly blind down dumb, and mind that numb, lost all who failed to hit a roll at the drum in the bottom of the bomb shell. Still felt the heavy blast and blew off the map with the blood welder, the math of an elder. Praise the Lord, thank you, Jesus. Operation Project English, command the chief of flesh there, check the aircraft, block like the frisbee, did you and Disney, Jack Paul and myself was real lovely. You break the mirror at me, mind you of your ugliness. So when I bust, no one is in touch. So the mic clutch, like such, who planned but never execute. He had the heat in his hand before he didn't shoot. We back, big man. We back here. Follow the leader podcast. We're going to talk about these sixes. Listen, Jimmy Butler is an elite player in this league. He plays his role. He's one of the best basketball IQs you're going to see. And he proved it. 15 in the fourth quarter. Stop it. Now, Skip and Shannon was like, man, they got the best starting five in the NBA, which I can, I, I, I'm glad they said that, but it's not true. I think the Warriors still got it. Until they lose the championship. If they don't win the championship this year, whoever they lose to, then we do have the best. But they have to win the championship. That's just me. That's just, I'm going, listen, man. You're not going to sit here and tell me that, like, this team, you know, isn't, it's just now, there's so many super teams forming now. And Philly just happened to have that, um, they happen to have that, that great, 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 great run at this this year. I mean, I mean, trades they made. It's kind of crazy, but there's a downside to all that. I mean, the chemistry has to form, and they're starting to get it. 
I knew this was going to happen. I said, give them 10 games. Didn't I say? I said, give them 10 games. They went into losing with everybody, Tobias and all of them here. They've been 71 since the, when all five guys are playing. They're 71. That's crazy. They're 71. The Sixers are 71. So what does that tell you? If they can have all five guys going to these playoffs, they all play healthy, which I, I, I see. And there's somebody's out for the whole. Listen. I see everybody playing. Everybody is not injury prone. I mean, they have they, but these guys are going to play. And and I just don't like, you know what? The, the, the bench, the way they're talking about this bench is because I think people don't know this bench. They talk about TJ McConnell, but TJ McConnell is a good point guard. What do you want him to do? All right, he's a good point guard. He don't make mistakes. He's not a great scorer, but he can score. He helps control the tempo. He's going to he's going to score. Most games he's going to score at least five to six points. I mean, that's just TJ McConnell. You think that's not enough? That's well than enough for a guy that can pass the ball and get people involved, who can play good defense. Hard nosed guy. He affects the whole game. You have to account for him. He runs the rank, gets people involved, but he's more like a upgraded TJ uh, Colin Gillespie. That's who TJ McConnell is. He's like an updated. He's he's faster with the ball. He isn't as physical. And he don't have that three point shot. And if he was physical, if he had Kyle Gillespie's body and three point shot, McConnell would probably be a whole nother monster. The person that everybody's talking about, he needs to be is Kyle Gillespie. Like you know, I'm talking, I'm talking about a college player, but Kyle Gillespie can shoot three pointers. You know what I mean? And he's physical. So if TJ McConnell had that body, he could shoot. It'd be a whole different story. But people are still letting down TJ McConnell like he's not a key guard. Stop it, the man. Not too many people have a guard that can lead their team on the bench. And you can't say he don't have a jump shot. He's hit three-pointers this year. He's hit mid-range. He's a smart player. Now, you have to worry about him. The next guy, James Ennis. Has anybody seen how he's playing recently? He's proven that, that that battle between him and Jonathan Simmons is over. Don't even talk about it. It's a wrap. It's cutthroat. It's over with. Ennis gets more time or he's won. Now, Simmons is still a weapon on the bench. He can score. You always have him. These guys haven't played together as long as Toronto's and everybody else who got benches. So we're not going to compare them to those benches, but they're definitely deep at bench. I don't care what analyst goes out there and say they don't have no bench. And I ain't even finished. They still got Mike Scott. Do I have to talk about Mike Scott? Okay, I'm going to keep going forward. You go, analysts, do your homework. You don't know, go do your homework on Mike Scott since he's been with Philly. All right? Then you look at Bobine. Do your homework on Bobine since he's been in Philly. John Bolton, you can switch it up. That's what I think they need to do. When you got centers, Bobine is not fast enough to guard guys like Al Horford, but Jonah Bolton at 6'11 can do it. You can switch. When you see faster, more fit centers with more athleticism, you put Jonah Bolton on them. But if they're not that, they're, if they're Aaron Bain, then you go ahead and do Bobine. Because Bobine, Masson, he was a big time guy in the national place, so all them boys know about Bobine. Bobine knew how to get at all of them. All right, so now you go and you look at other guys, like like I say, Jonathan Simmons. You got Amir Johnson. If you don't know if 4K and Cork Myers is coming back, we don't know. But everybody saying Cork Myers, Myers can shoot the trade ball. He's 6'7", he's athletic. These are bench pieces. What are you looking for and what are you getting off other guys' benches that are so – when the game started, before the game started, oh, Boston had six guys scoring double figures. Look at their record. Who record is better, Philly or Boston? 
And it's about time for y'all to stop talking this mess about Boston, Stephen A. Smith, Max Kellerman. This is the first thing they say. Oh, well, Boston's okay. Well, I still see Boston's the favorite. Well, okay, yeah, Boston. All right. Uh-huh. They have not achieved with Gordon Hayward, without Gordon Hayward, Kyrie Irving. They've all been on the court. Look at their record now. I don't want no more excuses. Remember, they're deep, right? So how is one person being hurt stopping them from progressing the way everybody talking about it? Stephen A. called... Stephen A., I'm calling out Stephen A. on this because you call Boston the dog on process. Where's the process at now? I don't want to hear this, man. I'm done with that. I'm, I don't want to hear it. But um, Philly look good, man. Joel Embiid, once again, is like he's he's the equivalent to Allen Iverson. He backs it up. He talks it, and he backs it up. 37 and 22. I mean, he's just proven that y'all dudes are not going to challenge this man. After the foot injuries, he came into the league going through it. Once the injury was done, look at him. Everybody, oh, and B going to be the next Greg Oden. The next Greg Oden, man. That's disrespectful. Whew. Disrespectful. Now look at that comment. Mm-mm-mm. But it's a good team. JJ Redick has 17. Uh, Tobias had a quiet 21. I mean, he just re- he's really good. I mean, he's really good, man. And um, I, I, shame on me for not knowing how good he was. I think I think everybody not really seeing how good a six nine guy can be, and he's he, he such a mismatch problem. He's long. And one thing they haven't gotten to that they haven't gotten to always their defense yet. It's always Philadelphia. If they got these five on the court, like I always tell people, they can outscore anybody. They have the ability to outscore anybody with these five. When these five guys are on the court. If they're not playing good defense and they have turnovers and, you know, they have a bad percentage, they have enough guys that can throw up enough to, to, to win it. Look at Jimmy. Tobias has done it. Joel has done it. J.J. had a triple-double almost. The other, I mean, these guys are really, if you look at this starting five, you got it. I'm not calling them the best yet, but, man, they borderline are there. I mean, these guys have done it. Done it. Each of them. Ben Simmons had a triple-double this season. 27-10-8 just showed you. And J.J. Redick had big-time, I mean, just take the game over games. Tobias Harris has done it. Uh, Jimmy Butler has done it. So, I mean, all five guys that took over the game at one time. It's unbelievable, this team. You can't say that about Golden State, though. That's that, that's the one point. That was the kick I'm getting to. Draymond Green has not took over a game. Klay Thompson, Steph Curry, yeah, uh, DeMarcus Cousins had a great game. You know, he's had good games. You know what I'm saying? Then you had Kevin Durant. Of course, he's, you know. But that's one thing about that Warrior team. As good as Draymond is, he's not better than Tobias Harris. Can't just go ahead and cancel Christmas right now. I'm he's not better than Tobias Harris. Klay Thompson's better than JJ Reddick. Steph Curry and Ben Simmons, eh. Oh, we want to talk about Steph Curry shooting the ball and being this unbelievable shooter. But as an all-around player and two-way player, he's not better than Ben Simmons. I don't care what you want to say. He can guard Ben Simmons. Yes, Steph Curry can get guarded by Ben Simmons. I've seen him give. Listen, Steph Curry has scored 30 to to 40 points, but still the Sixers won the game. You know why? Because he was making Steph Curry be the only lot. They were letting Steph Curry be the only liability. We're not going to run around and guard you all day. But when Steph Curry, when Simmons gets on Curry and locks down on Curry, Curry can't do nothing. I've seen it. I've seen it plenty of times. Y'all can put, look, Kyrie Irving. As good as Kyrie Irving is, Ben Simmons gives him fits every time he plays him. He makes him work harder to score. It's harder to score against Ben Simmons. I've seen Curry and I've seen, you know what I mean? I've seen Curry and I've seen Kyrie Irving. It's hard for them to score on Ben Simmons. 
they got to try different things. It, it, I mean, it, it really intercepts the game because you can't get nobody else involved because he's running around trying to make his own shot. Say uh, Curry got 40 and lost it. I think you need to look up that last loss the Warriors had against the Sixers because Curry had about 40 and they lost. Everybody said, oh, Clay Thompson wasn't there. Ain't hey, this the Warriors? Now we're making excuses for elite teams. The Sixers are coming. That's it. All right. The Eagles signed Vinny Curry back. Why do I think this is great? Because you get your chemistry back. Now the defensive line has, you have Malik Jackson, you got Vinny Curry. I mean, excuse me, you got Malik Jackson, you got Fletcher Cox, you got Derek Barnett and Brandon Graham starting. You bring back a vet, Vinny Curry, who knows the team, cool with the team, all been around each other. Had a, his last great season was with uh, the Eagles. Almost had 10 sacks off the bench. What he's going to do on this line is add another monster. Yes, he can still tear out. And this, in this defensive scheme, you're basically, this is a whole, this is the scheme he used to that he went to the Super Bowl on. You're in trouble. Chris Long, if he comes back, which I think is going to happen, you got Josh Sweat. Josh Sweet, he's coming back. So that, that gives you a defensive end rotation of a lot of monsters. And if Chris Long comes back, The crazy part is that Vinny Curry can play some inside defensive tackle. So that gives him another guy that can play with t- in the t- defensive tackle rotation. If you're talking to me about this draft, I think two running backs could get drafted because they, they are, this is a $2.25 million deal they gave Vinny Curry. I mean, how much more do they have? They got like three something, three million left. Maybe looking to give Jay Ajayi that money. Maybe we're going to see what happens. You got the draft coming up. I'm going to tell you something. I wouldn't be surprised if the Eagles got Josh Jacobs and Miles Sanders. I'm just saying to you. They say what you want to me. Raquel Armstead is also from Temple, is also on their radar. I'm just saying. They have enough picks to load up on defensive line and running backs. You got two picks, the 53rd and 57 in the second round. I would not be surprised because I'm looking down by the lower part of the draft. And there isn't too many defensive linemen prospects available. There's a Josh Jacobs sighting that could pop up. Now, we looked at the 460 range. Yes, I just don't like the fact that people say that doesn't hurt his draft stock or doesn't or doesn't require questions. Because everybody was telling me he was going to tear up the doggone combine. In the, and so the 40 is the when you say you're going to tear up the combine, your 40 ain't supposed to be a 46. Your forwards look at to be a blazing as a running back, blazing at least four four. You know, can you give him a five five to even manage to stand up next to Miles Sanders? No. So I think Philly could be going in there because you look at their running backs now. They only have Josh Adams, Corey Clement, and Wendell Smallwood, and you bring in two rookies that can run and catch the ball. This could make this a whole different offense, and I think Philly needs to go for it. There's also a guy named Darrell Henderson. I like this guy. He tore up the combine. I mean, just, just look at I'm telling you, some good players look at. You look at defensive lineman. Jalen Ferguson, could be. Could, you could look at him in the first round or the late second round. Look, you don't even have to get him in the uh, first round. You can get him in the second round probably. You got other guys on this team that could be drafted. You got Titus Thomas, a guy that – um. Offensive lineman they could go for. It's a lot of people Philadelphia is looking at. And we're going to see what really happens. We're going to see what happens with Philly and what Philly does. Because I I, I guarantee, don't be surprised they get two running backs in this draft. 
Just don't be surprised. They looked at Josh Jacobs and looked at Miles Sanders. I would not be surprised if Josh Jacobs has gotten the first round and one of those two second round picks, you're going for a Miles Sanders. That means you bring two dynamic young running backs with a young power back in Josh Adams. Josh Jacobs can catch like he, he can replace Darren Sproles. Miles Sanders could be the other, uh, he, could, he, could, he could be the Jay Ajayi of it. Then Josh Adams could be the LeGarrette Blunt. And then you got Corey Clement. This could be very, very big. I'm just saying. Philly could have something big going on. And you say, well, that's a four thing that just act like Corey Clement don't exist. No, they're not going to do that. They're not going to do that. They're going to run, 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 run. And I think that's great to do. It's a great problem to have. Stack up your running backs. You don't promise a second round pick anything. You have to earn it. So you can fall back on Miles Sanders for a minute. Let Corey Clemens going to get most of the touches. And Miles Sanders is going to come in every once in a while and spell him. Josh Jacobs to play the Darren Sproles role. Josh Adams will be the power back. So you're going to have Corey Clement catching the ball and running the ball. Josh Adams being the power back. Josh Jacobs being the Darren Sproles. And you got Miles Sanders being the lead. Eventually, he's going to end up taking over as the lead back. I believe that. I believe Miles Sanders takes over as a lead back. And then him and Josh Jacobs could be a one-two punch for the future. As good as Corey Clement is, I think Josh Jacobs and Miles Sanders would be a great plot to really put something. And then you look at Philadelphia will have a second round pick. Go for a defensive lineman. They have two fourth round picks and two fifth round picks. They had two fourth round picks, a fifth round pick, and two sixth round picks. There it is. And then for two fourth round picks, they can load up. There's a lot of things they can load up on. And that's one of them. You go for a defensive lineman, bring him in. You still got Bruce Hector, Trevor Hester on there. You, you develop your line. Them guys are uh, quality backups. They'll put pressure. They're good on the run. They can pressure the quarterback. They won't be pro bowlers, but they're good depth line, defensive linemen. Go get you another young rookie to go in there and do his thing. Get you two rookies. I think the fourth and the fifth round, focus on defense. And I know they're looking at offensive tackles. If there's a good enough offensive tackle, I would be surprised. They're going for the – really, Philly's going to go for the best player available. So, don't think that they're just going – they're going to go if, – if, if at second round, they look at Titus Thomas is available and they like him, they're going to get him at offensive tackle. Period. Get in their way for the fifth round to go for the defensive lineman. I think the the sixth, the sixth round is not much to him. I think one of those picks could be, but – the fourth round is going to be big for Philly. To see where they're going to go. I think if they don't, it's going to be between the two fourth round picks and the um the two fourth round picks and the last and the, and one of the second round picks is going to be between offensive linemen and defense. That's it. They're not going for receivers. Everybody like they just signed Deshaun Jackson a three year contract. Still got Mac Hollins and Shelton Gibson to develop. I think they'll sit on that. See who else comes up through and draft the free agents. And they'll sit on those guys. I think that's a good, you know, you got Alshon Jeffrey and Jackson now. You got your your guys with veterans. You got Nelson Aguilar. You should be happy. Now it's time to develop younger guys to come in and work, create the culture in the receiving field. That receiving line is Zach Ertz and Dallas Golden. They're all, they, they build, that is five guys. And like I say, Mac Hollins is a proven playmaker to me. He did it in the Super Bowl year. So he's back. That's another guy they have. 
So the Eagles are cool. Just look for them to be cool um, doing what they do. Mike Trout? No, he's not here. That's it. It's over. Stop it. No more Mike Trout. That man signed $430 million, 12 years, so that won't be happening. But Philly, they still got Bryce Harper. So, All right, man, I'm out of here. I just want to get with y'all on Philly Talk real quick. I will be more into Villanova after the game, man. Enjoy March Madness, man. I'm out, y'all. Follow the leader.